What's up, everybody? Cena here. Have you been dying to see us live? Then get pumped. Because the last podcast network is doing a country jamboree at the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville on June 18th. We'll have all your favorite LPN family out and performing live, including last podcast on the left, page seven, Wizard and the Bruiser, No Dogs in Space, Brighter Side, Justin and I, of course, on Fraudsters, Someplace Underneath, The Story Must Be Told, and more. Tickets are available now. And again, that's the Ryman Auditorium, June 18th in Nashville, Tennessee, for the last podcast network country jamboree. Let's go. We're in a deeply problematic period, and it really requires us uh, to stand up against the establishment, against the power structure, and not just against Donald Trump and his administration, uh, but against uh, um, anybody who is trying to manipulate the system and run over everyday people. And not only that, but sometimes we have to talk about Democrats and even progressives and hold everybody's feet to the fire and hold them accountable. Uh, Even though we're a progressive platform and see the world in a very progressive way, uh, that doesn't mean we don't hold uh, our own leaders accountable. Moments later. People say there's a lack of transparency with the fundraising, which is a lie. More moments later. It's been hard on all of my children. I've seen all of them cry at one point or, or another as they've seen people lie and spread all types of falsehoods about me. Ah, graduation day. $2, $5, $10, $50, $500. Whatever you can give, if you can chip in right now, just click the link in my bio and give right now to help us cross the finish line. <laughs> to fraudsters i'm cena gazzavi at cena now on all social media wow justin williams at justin underscore williams underscore comedy you should see our faces right now our eyebrows could not be higher and our our mouths could not be more wide open with smiles and laughter right now justin what'd you think of that cold i think yes we should very much be holding progressives accountable for their fundraising (laughs) Uh, we shouldn't just look at Republicans. We should look at Democrats and people, everyone, feet to the fire. Even Justin. people with John Waters mustaches must be held accountable uh, in this new world <laughs> that we're trying to build. Man, I have to say, the one part that I do feel for him on is the facial hair. It is, uh, you know, it's he somehow along the way someone said this was a good idea and just he didn't have enough good friends that were like this is wrong this is not the way to go i don't know if he anybody said it was a good idea (laughs) (laughs) i don't know about that hazel thank you for sifting through all those instagrams and listening to him talk i think you were you basically between seagal and sean king you've been waterboarded with fraudsters media it's just so much for you to have taken on and we thank you for your service My not pleasure. Not pleasure at all. (laughs) Speaking of Sean King's social media, someone sent us an email who had worked on one of Sean King's campaigns. And I tell you, it's fantastic. I redacted a bunch of it so that we would protect her identity because we don't want anyone to get sued or in trouble or anything like that, even though she said it's okay, whatever. But we're going to be a little careful. So I'm going to read it, and then I'll, I'll tell you what's quoted and, and what's not. Also, it was just fun redacting something. I enjoyed the process of that in general. Hi, Cena and Justin and staff. I see you, babes. I caught up on your Shun King series while I worked this morning, and I'm caps, all caps, screaming because I was accidentally a part of his scamming empire. I have been waiting for the right time to tell this story because it was so surreal. So she worked for a social media consulting firm with multiple accounts. One of those accounts was Sean King's prison reform pack called Real Justice. And she goes on. What immediately struck me as weird were the style guidelines and process for review RJ had given. 
Most political orgs' personalities are very particular about what goes out under their brand, and a rep from their home office usually reviews all the content for quality before it's scheduled to go out. PACs, especially, are usually really careful because there are laws about what they can and can't say. Real justice, however, was different. For style, they just had instructions to, quote, Examine Sean King's Instagram account and mimic his voice. For review, there was none. She said, I, a white lady, was supposed to post directly under their handles in the voice of Sean King with absolutely no supervision. (laughs) It's pretty funny, though. What if it was just like all white lady stuff? (laughs) (laughs) This explains why all those white moms retweeted stuff. <laughs> Sean King is just all of the dialogue from Clueless. <laughs> she goes on. I expressed my concern about this to the actual social media manager, a brilliant black woman who thankfully left the company soon after I did. She said, quote, "Is it okay that I'm not black and I'm writing authoritatively about all this? Also, I don't know anything about prison reform. She says she asked this a few weeks in. The response, God, I don't want to do this. I mean, Sean King isn't either. She deadpanned, which, wow, I did not know how to respond to. And he's already moved on to focus on the North Star, so it's not like he cares. The relationship wasn't working out, so she said. The social media manager responded, literally just do what you want. Now, while she can't prove it, she heard through the grapevine that issues stemmed from non-payment for services rendered. She thought that was likely the case given the time she had worked there. She closes. Anyway, I hope that was interesting. I wonder how many other posts of his his projects are, are written by underpaid and overworked contractors with minimal guidance. Probably most of them. <laughs> Thank you so much. For that. Yeah, that's an interesting like uh, peek behind the curtain, and you just like see that the you know the Wizard of Oz is not only one person, but it's just like a bunch of interns, and it's like the great the great social fighter uh, Sean King is just actually like a twenty one year old woman from like the Valley or something like that, fresh out of college. <laughs> Hard workers, they know social media. <laughs> anyway, thank you for that amazing email. Let's take a quick ad break, and then we can dive into the fresh horrors. Sponsored by Sean King. So last week we left off in 2015, King had just abruptly shut down Justice Together, an organization founded with the goal of ending police brutality, much to the dismay of the activists and the other professionals that made up the nationwide membership. Shortly after, King abruptly emailed that the organization was over, a coalition of former members wrote an open letter detailing his shortcomings as an executive director and expressing concern for his accounting practices. These letters were obviously polite, thorough, and carefully crafted. Obviously, a lot of work went into it, right? The same could be said for an open letter that was published a few days later by former members of another defunct King Op, Justice, That's All. This letter, I just keep wanting to do a That's All, folks. I just, every single time this whole series did, I just, it keeps coming out of my mouth and I stop myself. And I'm like, Justice, that's all, folks. It's like, it's just awful. It's, you know, it's like we're trying to be serious, but then it's like, uh, porky pig. This letter basically backed up everything from the original letter. King was a terrible manager. And no one knew where the money went. Receipts, please. Yeah, and it's like I think pretty revealing that the hashtag is uh, Sean King let me down. 
right? And that's what's going viral. Uh, it's not like white supremacist or, you know, all these other like people that Sean King claims are trying to bring him down. It's your actual like supporters. And that should be a red flag. to people. It's sadness. Rarely do you see actual sadness hashtags about people in this space. You see rage. You see anger. You see like making fun of them. You know what I mean? And like, that's troubling, right? It's like you really struck a chord. You really, you literally let people down. Yeah, it wasn't like hashtag shut up Sean or hashtag Sean be gone or hashtag Sean King is stealing your money or hashtag Sean King is a fraud. It was just like a hashtag equivalent of a forlorn emoji. Yeah, this is a sad emoji. Very sad emoji. It's just an emoji of like the lead singer of The Cure, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Morose. No one to come out against them, but they felt like they had to say something, you know? I mean, immediately after these letters were published, King posted several stream-of-conscious word salads on Medium. Let me tell you, I've had word salad before, and this is rough. Not responding to justice together or justice that's all, but rather claiming Bill O'Reilly and the right-wing media are attempting to character assassinate him, denying any wrongdoing in his fundraising practices, and of course, makes any criticism of him out to be criticism of the movement. He would go on to say, these lies about Sean and about the Black Lives Matter movement are dangerous. We will continue to address them head on. Please share this and share the truth. Please donate forty nine ninety nine and five easy payments to this PayPal link. <laughs> <laughs> I like Sean King's use of third person here. He's like, The Rock yeah. says that Bill O'Reilly is a liar. Where's your money? It doesn't matter where your money is. The Rock says you should donate to The Rock's new charity. It's right at Jabroni Drive and know your role lane. (laughs) (laughs) When he finally does acknowledge some of the uh, legitimate critiques, he says he just bit off more than he could chew, which is generally his excuse for failing to execute on all of his projects. I'm a natural starter. Oh, my gosh. I'm, uh, I'm, I've been fundraising my entire life, and so I know how to pitch an idea. I have struggled up until the past two or three years to figure out how to start something. <laughs> I have a <laughs> very a limited skill set, and it's just it's taken me. I, I turned 40 this year. It's taken me almost 40 years to realize that if there are 100 skills a person can have, I have two of them. And when I try to do the other 98, there's some I do okay, some I'm all right with, and there are 70 things that I'm going to bomb on. I have to figure out a way to do the two or three things I do well. And And those two things are fundraising. (laughs) Well, I mean, there are a couple of things. Fundraising and getting people connected to an issue. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did he he just, I I didn't know this. What? First of all, my man, you are not middle management. Right. You are not an accountant. You are not like you're not like a marketer at like some, you know, cute agency selling soap. You know, you are supposed to be an activist with real people's lives and you're fundraising for and doing the two skills you're good at is trading on the trauma of people and their families that have been murdered. This what? Yeah, I look at like he's like out of people that have 100 skills. Nobody has 100 (laughs) skills. Like, I'm very good at fundraising and Instagram, but when it comes to badminton, karate, uh, <laughs> mustache care. Oh, my God. Liam Neeson and Taken only had, like, 12 skills. I mean, that was, that was, they made four movies off that. <laughs> yeah, and, and... Was it four? I don't know how many movies they made off that. Yeah, and also, uh, like, uh, when you're so overwhelmed and you, uh, like, just keep failing... Of course, the solution is always to constantly keep <laughs> launching new initiatives. What <laughs> one of it, one of Sean King's one hundred skills isn't uh, like I don't know self evaluation apparently. Yeah, self reflection, humility, uh, confronting your weaknesses, transparency. Literally six months before this interview, where he's so conscious about the number of projects that he's been doing, he's so good at fundraising, but he has all these other skills that he could be working on more. He starts a new project called the North Star. We talked about this last episode, the Frederick Douglass revival media outlet that was supposed to be a, quote, full news website 
an iPhone and Android app, which, by the way, is insane that you come out and you say you're going to make it for both platforms. Do you know how many different versions of iOS and Android OS there are? There was going to be four brand new podcasts, which, by the way, doing one podcast, as you all know, is fucking difficult. (laughs) Online video news broadcasts and so much more. The hubris of saying anything in this sentence, full news, apps for two different mobile platforms, four brand new podcasts, an online news broadcast. Why don't you just say you're going to feed everybody? (laughs) Give everyone homes that's homeless. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, This has been done before, but just to let you know the scale of what he's proposing, uh, Michael Bloomberg did this when he launched Bloomberg, but he's also a billionaire. (laughs) Yeah, it's like at least Bloomberg made like literally the communication system for all of finance. Like, and then he went on to do it, despite being supported by, you know, heavy hitters like, oh, Susan Sarandon Ugh. and Sigourney Weaver and having so, so trouble, so much trouble, Susan. You are so much trouble. Sigourney, I feel like he just got conned into it. I'm sorry. Yeah. But anyway, so money was pouring in and there was so much money that he claimed it generated 1.5 million yearly. Within 14 months. By the way, how do you claim multi-year growth just after one year? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know what that what it's like when people do an event and they call it the first annual of this event. And you're like, motherfucker, it's the first one. You're not annual yet. You just <laughs> you don't even did the first one. <laughs> Your shit's not gonna work. <laughs> King had discreetly closed production studios for the site and laid off most of his Atlanta staff right after that. Anyway, the North Star still exists, but it's a far cry from a full news site. It's a (laughs) substack with only five people listed on the Who We Are page, unless you count Frederick Douglass, whose face is literally plastered all over it. I mean, we should start doing it. We should be, what other... Famous black leaders can we put on our show, Justin, and to boost our numbers? We, should, we will start the Martin Luther King WordPress page. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and just have a donate button. I want to have a, the Malcolm X Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> I like the people that get laid off. It, like The moment when you find out your office is just as real as like the garage that they're selling penny stocks out of at the beginning of Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> All right, so other than Frederick Douglass, the North Star employees are Sean King, his wife, Ray King, a woman who appears to be currently enrolled in undergrad, a person named Willis Polk, who's about me, talks about trolls, and the, quote, chief content editor, Donnie Rose, who lists himself on LinkedIn as a, quote, thought leader, and doesn't seem to have any previous journalism experience at all. Wait, Justin, your last are offensive to the memory of Frederick Douglass. Rose does have a lot of marketing experience, though, which is very on brand for a news outlet that has more type your email icons than actual articles. Oh, Lord. I think it's like it's just like one person is an undergrad with braces on. Um, <laughs> one man is a person who is housing insecure and says that uh, he's a computer. Um, another man is Boxcar Willie, one of the most famous. It's just like so crazy. So as far as I could tell, most of what the North Star produces are podcasts, podcasts that Hazel is really, really, really sick of listening to, especially since all of them start with a super annoying bell sound. Let's take a gander. I've defended myself enough. I think you believe that. <laughs> what? I know I believe it. Everybody in my circle believes it. Oh, my It's God. time to get back to work. This is Sean King. Time's up. Time's up. <laughs> it's just so funny. Anytime somebody's like, I've defended myself enough, like 
Yeah. Guys, that's red flags, guys. It's like, why are you defending yeah. yourself? Like nobody, no honest person is, is comes like starts anything with, I'm tired of having to defend myself against these accusations. It's like something only guilty people say. You know who you hear say that? Bill, Bill Cosby. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, I hope I wanted to pause because I wanted everyone at home. I hope you all were like, oh, I think it no. might be Bill Cosby. <laughs> if you got that, send us an email at FrostersLPN on social at FrostersLPN at gmail.com. Find us in our Discord, by the way. We've got a great Frosters pet channel. Shout out. But back to North Star here. Back to North Star here. The content that the North Star podcast put out, it may have been cribbed from some actual young black organizers. Ariel Marie claimed as much on a lengthy Twitter thread in 2019. Apparently, King asked then 19-year-old Marie to join his podcast team, listening to her ideas, promised her support in organizing efforts, and then ghosted and blocked her on social media. One of her tweets put it succinctly, quote, Behind most of hashtag Sean King's most noteworthy articles and works, is the genius and unpaid labor of a black woman. I put my life on that. And just like with Justice Together and Justice, that's all, folks. After King closed down branches of the North Star, former employees spoke out against his, as one Daily Beast reporter put it, absenteeism, insistence on absolute control, and radical incompetence. (laughs) (laughs) Radical incompetence is got to be the t-shirt we make for Sean King. That has to be it. Somebody make that for us. It's like us. clumsy Frederick Douglass. <laughs> <laughs> Just radically <Ooh>. incompetent. <laughs> they also pointed out his egregious lack of accounting. By the way, you can hire accountants. And like with those organizations, King simply claimed he bit off more than he could choose, saying again, when we launched the North Star, virtually every advisor I had insisted that we should not do written articles, podcasts, and video news at the same time, King wrote. I just knew that we could do it. They were right. Also, <laughs> the article goes on to say, I spoke with the guy at the bodega. He also called me crazy for doing videos, podcasts, and news at the same time. <laughs> and then I got a $3 sub from him, and I proceeded to do the organization anyways. And then when I went back to the bodega, the guy said, how's it going? And I said, um, it failed. He said, no, the sandwich. I knew your company would fail. <laughs> <laughs> This was justice together and justice, that's all, folks, all over again. The thoughtful criticisms leveled against him seemed to have slid right off of him, no matter what platitudes he was repeating in interviews. If anything, he became more arrogant, and that arrogance had severe consequences. The harm goes beyond laying off well-intended organizers or possibly stealing donations. King is also very much a cyberbully. In May of 2018, King doxed a police officer who had been accused of assaulting a black woman in Texas. These claims turned out to be false, which King even admitted, though in his usual, this is still not my fault anyway, but that man still had to cope with substantial harassment and threats. A mere six months later, a black child named Jasmine Barnes was fatally shot while sitting in her mother's car in Houston, Texas. King and his lawyer friend, Lee Merritt, remember we brought him up way earlier, here he is, rallied their social media following, offering a reward to anyone with information leading to the arrest of the man who killed this little girl. Okay, here's where it is. Sean King, Lee Merritt, they post about something that's real, that happened, and they're doing something that's real, presumably, that we want to support. Who wouldn't want to find the killer of a little girl? I had a friend message me and ask me, like, what are we supposed to believe? What are we not supposed to believe? You're supposed to believe the actual news that happened. What you can't believe, or rather what you can't trust, is how Sean King and Lee Merritt will get that done. King ended up falsely accusing a man named Robert Cantrell of murdering the young girl, which led to Cantrell being harassed and receiving death threats. Cantrell ultimately committed suicide on July 23, 2019, while in prison for unrelated charges. 
He had told his lawyers that he was still concerned about the threats his family was getting after King falsely accused him of murder to his millions of Twitter followers. Justin, what do you think about that? That's yeah, this should all this should be kind of like a warning to the left about, you know, just because someone's saying what you agree with on Palestine when they're like, you know, engaging in like internet vigilanteism, like that you need to not kind of be a part of that, right? This is not like this is why real journalists exist, so they can like verify some level of facts of evidence before reporting. But yeah, just some guy tweeting stuff out is not the way you're going to get like uh justice for like things that require an investigation it's one thing to retweet a video of police brutality it's another thing to be somebody on twitter that is making claims that even like seasoned detectives working on the ground have yeah. not made in addition to cribbing other people's work as you saw with ariel marie king actually threatened many with legal action king is still going on his podcast and blasting d-ray constantly you know, when you're using your platform to turn your fans against someone, it's it's really dangerous. It's a weapon. And as anyone watching the coverage of the Depp or Heard trial would know, that shit is real. Amber Heard's fans are coming after these poor, innocent Johnny Depp stands who are just <laughs> trying to... <laughs> who, who just want to wear eyeliner in court. <laughs> <laughs> These Disney kids that just missed their Jack Sparrow <laughs> heard and her legion of, of fans. Big, sh- big shout out to James Franco caught on the elevator uh, camera. <laughs> In January of 2019, a black queer community activist named Clarissa Brooks tweeted questions about what King was doing with the money he raised for families affected by police violence. Shortly thereafter, she received a cease and desist letter from King's lawyers. King also tweeted that his legal team would be coming after anyone who publicly questioned his fundraising practices. Please sue us. By the way, insert invitation to sue us. Uh, Yeah. Please reach out. FraudstersLPN at gmail.com. If you'd like to send a cease and desist, we will post it, and we will do a live stream around it. That'd be great. Yeah, we're not some Mickey Mouse uh, organizer for social justice. We've got a team of lawyers that <laughs> even see it as a lawyer. we got lawyers on <laughs> the air, off the air, however you want to do it, Sean. Yeah, yeah. We'll eat your mustache alive, baby. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's intimidation about the mustache jokes? I don't think we have a leg to stand on there. I think we're in trouble <laughs> if he comes at us with that. <laughs> Under threat and facing King's army of internet fans, Clarissa understandably deleted the tweet in question. After the community rallied around Brooks, Sean King published the world's least apologetic apology on Medium after hashtag I stand with Clarissa trended. Which, by the way, as far as apology letters go, to be the worst apology letter, it's got to be pretty bad. Justin, do you want to read this? A man, in an attempt to correct what I felt was great harm caused by Miss Brooks, I basically traded my hurt for hers. And that's not okay. I do not wish to silence her, man. To silence black women or to silence the LGBTQ community. I love and support these communities daily. Of course, my only original intent was to address a single very damaging false tweet from Miss Brooks. But in doing so, she felt bullied by me and threatened by others. That's a fail. I'm thankful that Clarissa deleted the false tweet in question here, but this process has done more harm than good, man. (laughs) He spends the next 2,000 words defending himself before concluding with his unusual questioning me is hurting the movement nonsense. He would say, quote, Hey, man, we are living in tumultuous times, and our focus should be fighting against the oppression and injustices that are against us. Not battling those who were on the same side seeking justice and peace, man. Clarissa responded by tweeting, Today, I'm accepting that I don't have to accept anyone's apology if it's rooted in misogyny. Digital mic drop. Bye-bye. <laughs> now, we actually had a chance to speak to another journalist, Ernest Owens, about Clarissa and about his own experience being targeted by King. So let's listen to that interview.
the thing was that they the people he targeted were young, they were black, and they were queer. It was a certain identity mm-hmm. that he spoke to. There are a lot of people cracking jokes on Sean King, saying things about him. It was very interesting who he decided to, to target. And so he would get these tweets and he was putting like total fabrication not true. And this was his campaign to suggest that he was being targeted and he was making this case out loud that he was going to legally challenge them and this, that, and a third. So I remember getting two things on that day. One, Carissa was directly targeted. She, she was a black, queer um, female writer. She, um, she does freelance journalism in, in, in media. She's an activist, young. And she first got a bunch of attacks. It's like automatically people were just coming at her on Twitter. Um, there were phone calls being made to her institution of higher learning. There was just a barrage of hate and just energy she received. And he did the same to me too. The difference with me is that, you know, I've, I, I've been familiar with social media. I know I've been hit with the hate and the madness and I learned how to protect my, my stuff. But this was the first time I mean, my Twitter was, you know, it was what it was. This is before Twitter can do a reply all. But, I mean, I didn't care what the people were saying. But she, and I don't, I don't believe she ever was exposed to that kind of energy before. I had gone viral several times. I remember when I called out Justin Timberlake in 2016, and that created a huge wave of, of fans and stands. And, you know, and, and as a journalist, too, as a professional journalist, anytime you write an article about someone that people don't like, you know, there's like their own fan army. So I wasn't, it was, it was, it was ridiculous. It was wow. I remember that I had to change my Instagram settings because these people went everywhere. They went on Twitter, they went on Instagram, personal email. I mean, they just did all of the most extreme things. And these were like, some of them were like Bernie bros, white people. It was wow. And it was just so much. And I just remember with her, there was a hashtag where people in the community, activists, black women, queer people online, use the hashtag, you know, I stand with Clarissa. Because it was it was clear that in that situation, like someone like me, it's not to say that I asked for the smoke, but I'm prepared for it. But someone like her, she was an everyday person. She wasn't someone that held this level of influence. You know, I had a verified account. You know, I had, you know, a large following. I, you know, I was, you know, I know what I'm doing. Nonetheless, it's not okay what he did, but what happened to her specifically was just messed up. And what's so funny about my my tweet was that he he called it a fabrication, but the hilarious part was I was able to very much find out that what I said was not false. I had said that he runs ads that, you know, generate money on his platforms and that he runs ads on his social media platforms and that I found it to be grotesque because a lot of those um you would go viral and you was running ads to promote yourself while you were showing trauma and he said up and down he didn't run ads but that was a lie he ran ads for his pack real justice which is the real justice pack he had created facebook ads sponsor content to solicit ads and that's what i said and he you know was wrong he was wrong when he was wrong about and Funny part is that by putting that spotlight on me, I I stayed on that his ass for many years. I said, oh, okay, I'll have the last laugh on this. It, it woke me up because my initial tweets about him at that time before he even decided to call me on that way, it was just a conversation when the BT award. And I was like, why is this guy winning this award? Wasn't an article, wasn't even interested in him that way. I didn't even cover him at that point. But once I saw what he did to Carissa and myself and a couple other people, I said, okay, there's something here for real, for real. And I'm going to get to the bottom of it. And that led to an open letter of a, of, a, of like dozens and dozens of black activists and writers and thinkers and voices that wrote this open letter with the hashtag um, uh, sit down, Sean King, um, something of that nature. And that came from people being um, tired. There was already a lot of allegations. There were already stories that was written um, in the Daily Beast, in Complex, Washington Post did something. There was these articles that kind of was floating around for years, but they weren't in bulk or in mass yet. Um, but there was enough information, I felt like at that point, where it wasn't too far off to hear a person say, 
you know, he's questionable. He's problematic. We were still at the phase where celebrities at large were still giving awards. Rihanna had given him an award at the Diamond Ball that she had for her foundation. He had got that BT award, which was humanitarian award, I think it was. That was so random. <laughs> there was a bunch of people, celebrities still defending him and giving him um, a platform. And the rest of us was somewhere sitting there kind of thinking to ourselves, wow, there is still a group of people that if you say Sean King's a problem, they're going to say, what do you do? Why? I'm just happy that today, many years later, no one's asking that question. I think, you know, there was enough pre- pressure from people collectively to keep on calling it out. And he just kept on showing himself. Yeah. I mean, his projects keep flopping every day. Last week, you know, it was a conversation about these damn T-shirts that he tried to do. He tried to do a fashion line that, that flopped. It's just wild. There's always a new... Every year, there's going to always be a Sean King moment until he just decides, for real, for real, that he's going to stop and he's going to retire. Yeah, and for our listeners, I think, like, you know, so much of what you said is, like, really important in the details, but even just the basic outline, right? It's, like, one way to tell if someone's a civil rights leader is, like, are they aiming their Twitter followers at people online? You'll never see the president of the NAACP saying... You know, screw you, Cheryl. Not true. Everybody go get Cheryl <laughs> and then shutting down their account. And it's like this, this is not the behavior of a legitimate person, you know. So Ernest mentioned an open letter just now, and, and I know there have been a lot of open letters and medium posts and, and many people at this point recognize King as a scammer of sorts, but This is significant in its authorship. In February of 2019, community leaders in various Black Lives Matter movements around the country, former members of Justice Together, journalists, activists, and leaders of other social justice organizations come together to write an open letter to Sean King with the hashtag SitDownSean. (laughs) Yo, this is like the Justice League of activists coming together together. This is like if Batman wasn't rich or smart and they were like, what are you doing? You're just a weird vigilante going around trying to start fights at night. Sit down. They write how King's previous failures caused irreparable damage to the communities he's trying to help. Martin Luther King's ghost signed the letter. He's like, (laughs) from the hills of Georgia. It's time for Sean King to sit down and stop raising money and disappearing it. (laughs) <laughs> As evidenced by uh, previous open letters, there's this obvious like hesitation to criticize King because of political tribalism that gives a pass for grifters as long as they attack our social enemies. I wrote that part. Oh, got it. Got so it. that's what I say. Like, we're afraid to criticize people because he because his tweets align himself with the left. Yeah. So people... You know, tribalism is like, well, I don't want to be seen criticizing someone who appears of course. progressive. Yeah, it's like if he's against cops, then I'll, I just I won't attack him because I don't want to be seen as like defending cops. And that's the world we live in right now, and that's what's so fucked up about this. But to have this coalition of people feel motivated to come together and speak out against King just underscores how over him people are. The letter reads. For far too long, Sean has used his power to not only center himself, but as both a weapon and a shield against the community he claims to protect. He's taken advantage of our hunger for justice and established himself as the gatekeeper to community efforts while shrugging off all responsibility. Instead of using his sizable platform to be a beacon of light, Sean has become a bully in the pulpit, casting a long shadow on our collective justice efforts using his one enormous microphone to drown out the voices of the many. Again, like, I think these are all important thoughts, but I think a letter saying Sean King is stealing Where Is the Money signed everybody would be, like, probably better. Just, like, the whole page is signatures, and it's just one line at the top. It seems much more impactful. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's funny that, like, these letters could use a dose of Sean King marketing yeah. to be more effective. <laughs> but Sean King doesn't know how to how to sit down, obviously. He can't. He has severe restless fundraise syndrome, so he had to defend himself. <laughs> In August 2019, King provided a thorough accounting of all of his fundraising efforts over the years. Okay, so since 2014, since 2014. 
but it was by an impartial and reputable auditor which turned out to be just a group of his friends. But anyway, <laughs> let's not, let's not, I don't, come on. This is not, let's be real. No, for real, a group of his fucking friends. <laughs> he created the Financial Review Board, which is just, <laughs> it's. Uh, you can't create your own review board. What, what's, what's great about Sean King here is that he's actually become the police. He's yeah. decided that the, he's, he's over, granting himself oversight on himself. <laughs> so funny. Oh, okay, so he creates the financial review board to overlook all of his finances from August 2014 to August 2019. They also claim that from 2014 to 2019, King didn't receive any money from his, very specific here, fundraising efforts. The report claims that King had to hold three jobs continuously over the past five years to support his activism efforts. Quote said, he has never been paid by any political campaign and has continuously maintained at least three jobs for the past five years to support his family and allow him to do the fundraising and advocacy work that he loves without compensation. The Financial Review Board only covered the various GoFundMes that King publicly endorsed over the years, but it did not cover any of his charities or organizations prior to 2014, such as that incredible Life Goals University, which could not have been a scam. That was very real. That was a real university. It just, I think it also accepted transfer students from Trump University. So that was good. <laughs> HopeMob.org, another fantastic organization. Twit Change, where he, he basically cucked all these celebrities and got them to do all this stupid shit online. <laughs> and his random scheme to get people to donate to him so he could climb a mountain. Justin, we are deep into this series, and we haven't talked about him literally raising money to climb a mountain. Can if you, anyone can you can you just please can you guys please donate money for me, Justin Williams, to cl uh, climb a mountain? And by a mountain, I mean my wife. I call my wife the mountain, uh, and I'll be and I'll be coming around the mountain when I come. So send me twenty dollars on Venmo. Wait, so I can get a bottle of wine. You guys got OnlyFans now? Yeah, we got side hustles like John King. I've, I've I've learned from Sean King. I'm launching all these websites and then closing them down after the, I raise some money. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly right. But anyway, <laughs> Justin Williams and the hologram of Malcolm X climb Everest. Please donate. But anyway, the report didn't mention any mountains. Essentially, it claimed that King has raised over thirty-four million dollars. $34 million for various causes and charities and families since 2014. And he's refunded $917 for all of his failed initiatives, <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> Again, if he was real, like for real, for real, raised $34 million and did it the right way, and honestly did it the right way, I would want him to have 10% of that. I generally would want him to have 10% of that for his life so that he would be successful. Because if if the rest of that actually went to those causes and did good work and made a difference, by the way, $34 million. I mean, we could post bail for like every person at Rikers, every person <laughs> in like any problematic prison across the country. Yeah, it's very funny. It's like... Uh that amount of money with no long lasting organization. It's like the organization that the family on Ozark is trying to start is more transparent than Sean King. <laughs> but listen, not even to mention the numbers that are the problem. Again, the auditors, which it's not like Ernst and Young, who we've talked about on this show, not being the best, but like it's his friends, Lee Merritt. Remember Lee? Remember his name? That's King's close college friend and business associate. He's literally been friends with King longer than any of King's organizations have lasted combined. <laughs> How can that be? I have a friend. I have a friend that he's he's a he's a writer. 
I've known him since kindergarten. Yeah. Since fucking kindergarten. You know what I'm gonna do? He's gonna he's gonna audit me. He's gonna let me yeah. know. I'm sure he'll be real tough on me. OJ Simpson's actually gonna have his finances audited by Al Cowens. So you can totally <laughs> trust that. Uh, Tiffany Hawkins and Alan Boomer, two of the other folks listed on the team, have a podcast that King promoted on the North Star. But besides the fact that the report doesn't look at his ventures before 2014 and that it was led by his friends, the most egregious aspect is that it claims credit for fundraising all the money from GoFundMes that King just reposted. One of which was the 2018 fundraiser created by Charlotte and Dave Wilner to benefit the immigrant advocacy group Racist. Dave Wilner responded to King's report saying, quote, It's definitely false that any boosting he did was responsible for the amount of money that was raised. We tracked growth pretty carefully. I was graphing it, in some cases, minute by minute. We had all the data. This isn't my opinion. It definitely wasn't him. Justin, can you guess how much King claimed to have made for that particular fundraiser? Uh, Let's say like $5 million. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean. Really guess. Six six million dollars? I don't know. Mm-mm. No, no, no. Come on. Okay. Eight million dollars. Twenty point eight million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> like like just like I was guessing tremendous amounts of money. Like I'm like, I'm yeah. clearly overshooting it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like an astronomical is what he claims, of course. Sixty percent King claims to have been raised by twenty four. What? <laughs> what? Oh, Asked about the Wilner's claims, King writes, quote, To this day, multiple staff members from races have full, unfiltered access to my Twitter and Facebook pages. They are my close friends, and they have used my pages hundreds of times to amplify countless fundraisers, petitions, news stories, and more. They have had access for several years now and use my pages almost daily. It's hard to quantify or put a dollar value on what they've done, but I do so without hesitation. He's not even used. It's not even him on Twitter. Yeah, it's not him. Also, it's like, wait, what is? It's hard to quantify or put a dollar value on what they've done, but I do so without. So he's putting a dollar figure on what they've done. <laughs> it's like he is taking credit. It's a hard thing to do, but I will do it. It's it's <laughs> like what? It's just like literal double speak. It's like it's the other way to look at it is like he allows them access to his but it's because he's hiring people all the time. It's obviously easier for him to just have people post for him. It's about him. And this as long as it's him posting. And this is also what Sean King does. He claims credit for things he had nothing to be involved in to make his to keep his audience on the hook of thinking that they're helping, right? So like some bill will pass in like uh, some county somewhere that like gets rid of no he's like we did or something. It. yeah he's like we did this together <laughs> he's like you don't have anything to do with habashank county's uh police reform and it's like stock photo of like hands grasping each other and holding hands it's like we did it good job everybody sean king has not only ended police brutality but he is also now the foremost fundraiser for undocumented children who have been separated for their parent i mean it's just like he's making claims that like you just have to be so on the hook to think like Sean King, according to Sean King, is the most powerful. Like George Soros should be writing letters to Sean King, wondering how he's able to do so much good in the world. <laughs> you know, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is not doing as much yeah. good as Sean King claims close. to be doing. Yeah. So this review, in short, was led by his friends, unabashedly claims credit for GoFundMe's that he didn't have a role in and doesn't cover his ventures before 2014. And doesn't even really respond to the accounting practices of King's own organizations like Justice Together or Justice. Bleedy, bleedy, bleedy. That's all, folks. <laughs> or Real Justice. I'm done. Chuck King this. may be bad at accounting and transparency, but he's great at using the word justice. <laughs> I can't wait till uh, <laughs> justiceleague.org is coming. <laughs> Your justice, my justice, our justice. <laughs> As you heard in the cold open, his excuses for himself do not change. They only multiply, as does his self-promotion and startups, of course. As of today, Sean King has 3.8 million Instagram followers and about as many projects 
underway as well. <laughs> now, to close out this episode, we're just, Justin and I are going to go through a few of our favorite recent Sean King scams. Do we have time? Is there enough time <laughs> to go over his recent Sean? Do we have time, Hazel? This is only an hour show. We're yeah. supposed to be. <laughs> this episode's 24 hours long. Yeah, sorry. We're doing 10 more episodes. But first, a quick message. We'll be right back. I'll start. In 2021, Sean King asked for donations so he could move houses after photos of him and his $842,000 New Jersey house were published on the internet. I don't deserve this, said the man who has doxxed multiple people who turned out to be innocent of the crimes he accused them of to his millions of followers. <laughs> I don't I like deserve it. this, Justin. I like it because real estate listings are also a matter of public record, right? So yeah. like they're like easily attainable. And there is something that you said about like security threats against someone like Sean King, right? Uh, but you don't need, uh, if you can afford an $842,000 house in the hottest uh, real estate market, you know, 2021, that's like peak COVID where you could sell literally a crack house for like $600,000. Uh, yeah. You don't need money for to like move. <laughs> It's like you got to pay for the guy's house and then you got to pay for him to move. <laughs> oh, my God. And this is real rich here. He asked people to send money to his wife. <laughs> In a Facebook post, he said, hey, Facebook party confetti emoji. Could you please consider sending Ray a small gift on Cash App or Venmo? It would really surprise her. And alleviate some pressure as she has less than two years left of school. <laughs> what the fuck? He's, he's just a guy on the subway now. He's just begging. <laughs> her cash app is dollar sign Ray King. Her Venmo is at Ray Tanisha King. Love and appreciate you all. We love you, Ray. What? Hashtag support black women. Like, actually financially yeah. support Sean King's black woman. This is, shock. This is embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even know what to say to something like that. He has millions of followers. He could do anything to make money with just a post. And it's of itself could make money with the number of people that he has in his thing. What are, you, what are we talking about? What is going on here? Like, because he's always like, I have four, I have four jobs. <laughs> it's like, no, you don't. You yeah. wouldn't be begging for money on the internet. Yeah. So people with three jobs don't need to beg. You know what they're too busy doing? Working. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Hey could, hey, could you guys give my wife some money? <laughs> it's like, it's so great. Like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to say, can you please give my wife money? You, you got to climb the, the mountain. Internet. All right. Do the, you do this next one. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, here, here's another good one. In 2020, King tried to use the death of beloved actor Chadwick Boson to sell books. Oh, I'm happy you <laughs> like, did this one. I'm happy, like the I'm happy I didn't say this. <laughs> like the minute Chadwick Boseman dies, Sean King's like, hey guys, sorry about the news. Uh, I know you're, you're grieving Chadwick Boseman, which reminds me of my new book. <laughs> it's a shameless. Wait, you have to read the email, too. You have to read the email. I'm not reading that. I'm not. Oh, God. Uh, it's, no. it's in the link, Justin. All you have to do is open the link. By the way, Justin doesn't know how to open a link on a Google okay. Doc. He's not asking people for money on a Cash App. He's yeah. busy working. I also don't know what any of this is. If you sent me money on Cash App, I would have no idea how to get it to my account. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Cash App, it's called Cash. I'm All pretty right, sure uh, I Venmoed your wife before. I don't think I had to Venmo you. I think this is what. Oh, I know Venmo. I learned that like a year ago. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So Sean King says, uh, what, what voice should I do for Sean King? I do a different voice from every time. <laughs> <clears throat> the one you did earlier was nice. 
Hello, my friend. I, I mean, I hope that you're hanging in there. Yesterday, I sent an email checking in on everybody, and just a few hours later, we learned of the death of Chadwick Boseman. Life is so very fragile. Tomorrow is not promise. Over the past six months of the Black Lives Matter movement, I have traveled to 47 states, teaching, organizing, learning, and leading, man. And for all six years, everywhere I go, people ask me, Sean, how do I actually use my life, my skills, my time, my energy to impact and change the world? Hey, man, my book, Make Change, all caps, is a 272-page answer to that question. <laughs> it's not an autobiography. I tell my story, oh. of course, but it's actually a guide to help you through this exact moment. <laughs> I just like I shamelessly can't. No, pivots. We, should right not, we can't yeah. read the rest of this. This is it's so offensive. Just know that it's on Amazon. Uh, you can... Uh, you can purchase it from independent black bookstores, Barnes and Noble. He's letting you know. I just I like the the grave stepping here because this is actually in line with his character. Actually, if you go to Sean King's profile right now, it's just all pictures of dead children from the mass shootings. Great. It's just like this guy. He's shameless. He will use anything as a fundraising tool. Is there an affiliate link for his Amazon <laughs> book at the bottom of each? <laughs> Fucking Jesus. <laughs> okay. 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 I got one now. Okay. My turn. This one just happened. And it happened when we started recording episode one. It was like the morning we were going to record episode one, and it was like the stars were aligning. Sean King started his own fashion line. He said a real one, that was the, that's the fashion line name, would be an organic clothing company focused on interrupting the supply chain to empower black farmers, black designers, printers, and partners from farm to your closet. Hmm, interrupting the supply chain. Yeah, why would you want to do that? That's such a weird goal for a clothing company. It's like, I'm going to launch a line of hoodies that will block the Suez Canal, <laughs> that will shut down the Panama Canal, that will shut down the city of Wuhan. <laughs> it's like, why, why, why are you doing that? Why is your clothing line doing like, how is your How are your clothes going to get to the consumer? <laughs> If they're shutting down the supply chain. No, no, chain. no. It's just it's just for white people he's shutting it down. Just the white people supply chain. Because supply chain really, really is different for, for different different <laughs> They have different different supply chains. J. Crew will be empty, but the FUBU store will be fully stocked under Sean <laughs> King's new uh <laughs> new regime. The Rock King claimed that the apparel was organic cotton, vegan. And a bunch of other... It's fucking... Of course the t-shirt's vegan. It's like saying your fucking socks are gluten-free. What the hell is wrong hoodie. with these people? I have a hoodie made of 100% ribeye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, okay, so th these better be vegan. They better be gluten-free. Uh, made of spun gold to be worth $165. You've got to be kidding me. Yes, they were expensive, but big surprise, the few people who actually received their ordered apparel were not pleased. One woman taking to Instagram wrote, received my sweatshirt, looks nothing like the photo, no tags anywhere on the inside collar or the sleeves, like the photos or inside. Nothing confirming it's organic cotton because it isn't. It's poly cotton blend, reached out for a refund and crickets. I bought my sweatshirt in October, wanted to support so badly and feeling ripped off. You know, there's the other thing about this is that the, the supposed supplier he was using was already running. Like, it wasn't his actual supplier that he engaged, apparently. It was an independent, black-owned supply, like, sweatshirt shop and clothing shop. And he went to their page and took their marketing content and posted it on his own page as his own. <laughs> and if you know anything about a black hoodie company... It's like it should have been very suspicious for Sean King to claim he came up with a hoodie with Tweety Bird with a bandana and a joint hanging out of his mouth as his own design. Yeah. <laughs> or like a, a Tupac R.I.P. sweatshirt. <laughs> Good night. And thank you for watching. This is like I know it's like it feels weird that we're stopping. Like we honestly should keep going. But I feel like we've really nailed this. We've really told everyone what they should be thinking or at least asking questions about. And what is our motto now, everyone? Everyone at home, in their cars, walking their dogs, I want you to say it with me now. Show me the receipts. Yeah. That's all you got to say. Show me the receipts. 
So that's what it matters. And you know what? Ask it of all the nonprofits that you give to. They should be able to do that very quickly. They should be happy to do that for you. It's very easy for a lot of these places to do it. It actually makes the mission stronger. I, I know this was, I, you know, such a crazy, crazy series to do. This whole Race Hustler series was bananas, Justin. I love it. I love it. There's everybody's out here race hustling. And it's good to just do this. You know what I like about what we did as opposed to other things? Everybody else is really obsessed with Sean King's racial identity. And I'm very proud of us for just actually sticking to like the financial fraud element. Because if you get obsessed with the racial identity thing, it actually it actually facilitates what he's doing. Right? Yeah. And I think also it's like, again, take everything he's saying as truth in a way. Give, it, give him the benefit of the doubt on everything. And still look at all this shit. It doesn't add up. Right? It's still all a huge fucking problem. All right, that wraps up this series. That also wraps up our amazing producer's time with us, Hazel May. Hazel started this show with us. She's been with Zero Cool for a little over two years now, I believe. She's going to be moving on to a new gig that's not as funny or as cool as the one she has with us. (laughs) And I could say that Working with Hazel has been one of the most fun experiences and growing with her has been amazing. And I can't imagine anyone else I could have started this show with other than Justin and you, Hazel. And I can't thank you enough for all the effort that you put into the show. And you really just knocked it out of the park every time and you work so hard. And I think your work ethic is incredible and you're going to be a treasure for anyone that gets to work with you in the future. Mm -hmm. So I hope you have a miserable time at your future employer and you come back. <laughs> awesome. Hear her, Hazel. You're the best. We're going to absolutely miss you. Oh, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I'm really going to miss this, too. For one last time here, Frosters is a production of Zero Cool Media and the last podcast network. Hazel Bryant produced this series in an incredible way in this episode. Ian Brannon is our editor. Our associate producer is Anna Laranaga. Emily Fusco is our researcher. Our legal intern is Greg Fingerhut. Our theme music is by Simon Tafik. And some music in this episode was composed by Chris Olson. Thanks to Ernest Owens for speaking with us. That was so much fun. And next week, we will be back with a non-race hustler episode about the gut and the microbiome. See you next time, everybody.